my first hole in one was here on number three at True Blue. Uh, it was a front right pin location, and we were playing the goal tee at the time was I think about 150 yards, and I mean the wind was blowing about 40 miles an hour, and uh, I punched it up there and could not see the bottom of the cup. I knew it was fun. I knew it probably got somewhat close. The guy I was playing with was a fellow assistant at Caledonia at the time. He's like, oh, I'm sure that's in, man. I'm sure I, that's in. I was like, you know, you're high. Like, it's, it, whatever. I was, it's, we drive up there, see one ball on the green, go up. Sure enough, it was in the cup. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Whole Story Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us today. This is Robbie and Jonathan. We are joined by a very special guest at a very special place, uh, Bart Romano. Welcome. We are sitting on the porch overlooking the 18th green at True Blue Golf Club here in Pauley's Island, South Carolina. Uh, True Blue is a sister course of Caledonia Golf and Fish Club. Jonathan and I got to play both of them, Caledonia yesterday, True Blue today. And we appreciate, Bart, you having yep. us out. Thank you for having us. Thank you guys for being here. Yeah. Quick uh, quick recap of the of the weekend. Solheim Cup just ended, right? Ended in the 14-14 drawn because uh, Europeans had the cup last time. They get to retain the cup. So it was, you know, a hard-fought match. But we're uh, we're here to talk more about uh, this place. Uh, we got the Ryder Cup coming up. But uh, I know you guys are probably excited. You'll probably have events and stuff going on for the Ryder Cup. But It's, it's a busy couple of weeks between I, the Solheim Cup and the Ryder Cup around here in all golf courses, I'm sure. I would imagine. Yeah, so, you know, we always try to figure out just everyone's golf story. So how in the world do you end up, you said you were from Delaware. So yep. how do you start in the, the Northeast and end up in Myrtle Beach? Because you don't, you don't look retired. No, I am most definitely not retired. <laughs> um, I started at Hershey's Mill Country Club up in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Okay. My first year right out of, out of uh, Shepherd College. And um, it took about one winter in the Northeast to realize I don't want to sit in the office they're the same four dudes yeah. for three months, and then I didn't. I, I didn't want to know parts of doing that again. So um, started looking to move south, and uh, in August of 1999, I moved down to Myrtle Beach, and I started working at Rivers Edge Golf Course up in yeah. Shalote. We opened the Arnold Palmer Signature Design up there, so it was. Uh, I got to meet Arnold Palmer. It was. It's, wow. it's been quite a journey, and I've been here at True Blue for 17 years. And uh, in my position as director of golf for about two and a half now. Yeah, man, you were at River's Edge up in Chalote, North Carolina. That that was one of our favorites. Jonathan and I used to be a part of a big group of guys that would come. We've played here multiple times, mm -hmm. stayed at the True Blue Villas. But prior to coming south, we would always go up in the Calabash area and play River's Edge and all those courses oh, yeah. there. I mean, you yeah. talk about the shot makers course. What it was number nine where uh, yeah, you yeah, can try to. Peninsula Green. Yeah. 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 That was a, that was a tough one. Tried it. Yeah, you're always talking about that, good or bad, when you leave. But that's yeah. the one you're talking about. I think the last time we played it, it was late January because we always tried to get reasonable deals and stuff. And it was probably in the high 30s. I'm sure it was, it was freezing cold. And yes, the wind, was, I'm sure, was not blowing. No, yeah. we had the best time ever. <laughs> had the best time ever. Yeah, we all we all started uh, wearing lots of layers for the first time in the South. So <laughs> yeah. So how did you get into golf? Was that something where you played in high school? Well, I actually did not. Yeah, I did not grow up in golf. I actually played baseball. I played baseball in the college at now Shepherd University. Um, once I realized that wasn't happening anymore, yeah. it kind of, you know, my roommates 
played golf, kind of got me into golf. So I started playing, tried out for the college team my fifth year, got to play, and uh, the kind of the rest is history. Got a job right out of school, got an internship at Hershey's Mill up in Westchester, and 25 years later, here we are. So of all the courses that you manage, play, that sort of thing, is there is there a hole that just sort of sticks out that is the one that you always go back to? Well, it's, this is not a great story, but the fifth hole at Augusta National. Okay. Um, Wait, you managed that one? No. Okay. Played right. it. Played it. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do much managing of anything that day. <laughs> uh, on the fifth, the fifth hole is kind of when we go to the Masters every year. Is where we sit up on the hill above six tee box yeah. and by the green on five. So it's always had a special place, and we got the opportunity to play there. You know, I was super pumped to play it. It's like I, I had this idea of how I was going to play the hole. That idea did not come to fruition. I just blasted it left. I was basically on the sixth hole. Somehow I found my ball. It was a myriad of comedies after that. but um, So it still holds a special place just for a little bit different reason now. Yeah, but hey, did you play Augusta? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Scoreboard on Check. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. doesn't matter what you shoot. And Jonathan and I talk about it all the time. It doesn't matter you know, what you shoot, but where you get to play and who you get to play with and, and be a part no, of this, this awesome game. So. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, tell us a little bit about True Blue Caledonia, right? Mike Strantz design. Yep. He's he's known for those kind of shot making courses, very creative, and his bunkering and the green situations and stuff. But tell us a little bit about True Blue and Caledonia. Well, Caledonia was Mike's first solo design, and when you're playing it, you can kind of see his influences from Tom Fazio and the guys he worked with prior, because it's not you know it's a Parkland golf course has some of the, what we know as transicities now that are there present, but it's a little more subdued. When you come to True Blue, uh, which opened in 1998, it looks, like when you step on the property, it looks like a Mike Strantz golf course. Um, a lot of like his work at you know, Tobacco Road, Todd Hill Farm, Stone House, and Royal New Camp up in Virginia. It's, they have a lot of similarities. The high bunkering, you know, the big greens, big undulating greens, different tee boxes. So there's, there's a lot of similarities in his properties. Caledonia, I think, is set apart. It's, it's a little bit of a different feel. And uh, just the property is just so amazing. It's, I always tell people it's like playing golf in a garden. Right. Yeah. So Jonathan and I were talking about this earlier. Like, you know, it was probably when we were in the woods at one point today here at, <laughs> uh, at True Blue. But how, how does somebody take a, a plot of land? Because I think you mentioned it. Like, yeah. it's going to be trees and, you know, sandy areas and stuff like that. How does somebody... Um, take something like that and create a beautiful place. Like and this. he was truly an artist. And if you go through either clubhouse, you see actually some of his pencil sketchings. Wow. And they're, I mean, it is, it's amazing. You know, I could, I couldn't do that on a computer, let alone by hand. And uh, you know, the, his vision for the properties when he sets, when he sets foot on them, and it's kind of, you know, it's basically a bunch of trees at some point. And to get the routing, you know, from that, to get the whole designs from that, and then basically to build a overall 18-hole facility. It's just, it's kind of an incredible work of art. It's like a physical work of art versus pencil and paper. But he could do both, and he could see it like that yeah. before a tree was taken down. And I think that's the most incredible part about these properties is there wasn't a lot of dirt move, a lot of land move. He used the natural terrain, um, you know, natural features of the land, and it's kind of seems like it's been there forever. Mm -hmm. But those golf courses are... Caledonia will be 30 years old next year. Mm -hmm. True Blue is 25 this year. So it's it's a special place, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. 
Hopefully, don't take it for granted. I've yeah. got a lot of those special places right up against the lip <laughs> of the tall bunkers. It is really on the super washouts fun. That you're just like, what am I supposed to do with this? How am I supposed to do something with it? So, obviously, there's signature holes, but is there a hole that you think sort of resonates between the two courses that if someone's coming down to visit, like they should make sure they're paying attention to it? It's the signature of what's going on. I think the hole that kind of sums up the properties, the 18th hole at Caledonia. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you hear that a lot um, from places. That, oh, our 18th hole is our signature hole. But there's few with a backdrop right. like the one at Caledonia. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a you know, fairly benign tee shot. You know, lot, lots of trouble, but it's basically a layup mm-hmm. off the tee and then typically a short iron or, or a wedge into the green. But with the backdrop, the setting, you know, the rice fields, the marsh, all right there. Usually a crowd of people on the deck yes. cheering you or booing you yeah, for your efforts. You know, it puts a little more pressure on it, and it makes it a little more, more a little bit more memorable at the same time. Yeah, and the times when we've come with big groups, that's, oh. you know, if you're one of the last few groups oh, out and you know, your buddy's oh, up yeah. there and they got a beer, they're ready to cheer or boo. or Yeah, they're betting on you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a whole scene yeah. on that back porch for sure. It's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to some guys this morning as we were getting in the carts, and they had just played it yesterday, same thing. They're like, man, you just get hammered whenever you're coming in. You're like, I'm going to hit this shot. It's deceiving because it's long, but yes. it's not deep. And if you go any length over, you're either next to the steps, which may or may not have 15 people on yeah. there as well, or in some sand where you can't figure out how to get out. No, it's it's a daunting shot, you know, depending on the pinpoint placement of that day. You know, it, it's just, it's an awkward second shot into the green with obviously trouble short, right, long. You know, it's uh, and then you got people heckling you. So, yeah, it does it. It causes high stress, high stress situation. In case you're wondering, uh, viewer, whenever you come and play the hole, it, when you dump it into the water, it's okay. There's a really nice drop zone just off of the green, <laughs> so you can almost putt from there and you're okay. Well, we're in uh, South Carolina, and you know we've got pretty good weather all year round. So how how does that uh, affect your job when you've got to make sure? And it's a big tourist destination. Mm-hmm. Um, when you got to make sure the course is looking great, uh, you know you got rainy seasons, you got a little cold, but and then you've got people that want to play these beautiful courses. Oh, absolutely! And we have a 12-month golf season. Obviously, through the winter, as you guys, I'm sure, have experienced, some are better than others. Yeah. But um, yeah, for the most part, we're basically closed on Christmas Day. Otherwise, that is it. We're open the rest of the year. Um, same that we service customers and guests year-round. Um, you know, if you're looking for a great place, these are two great properties, and you know, we're very fortunate. But it's it's always a balancing act as far as you know condition. And, you know, we'll in the next three or four weeks we'll drop ryegrass at both facilities, so it gives it that nice green appearance throughout the winter and going into spring of next year. And then you get to the summertime, the end of May, the ryegrass goes away, the Bermuda kind of takes over. So it's always a balancing act for the our maintenance staff, and they, our maintenance teams do a great job, you know, year round, because the expectation at True Blue Caledonia does not change. It doesn't matter if it's January, yeah. July, or October. But uh, you know, that's our our business is to make that as seamless as possible year round. Sure. Right. And you got your wish, right? You didn't have four months of just staring at four. Yeah, exactly. I'm all, you know, always moving. <laughs> always have something going on at True Blue in Caledonia. And, and the and the golf business too. You and especially in an area like Pauly's Island, which is you know 20, 30 minutes from the Myrtle Beach area, you are competing against probably a hundred other courses. Yep. So somebody's deciding where am I going to spend my money to play 
uh, an 18 hole course um, and you want to be one of the best so oh, absolutely you always try to deliver on those expectations uh, you know we've always said under promise over deliver and that's kind of our motto and you know we we know what expectations are when they come to True Blue and come to play Caledonian and that's where we're there to meet and exceed those expectations because quite frankly there are a lot of choices in town you know and relatively close yeah so it's you know we're not the only act in town there's 70 other golf courses within 50 miles of us. Well, we won't get into your hitting in baseball. We can talk about the, I played baseball college, so we can talk about that <laughs> later. But we always like to find out from all of our guests, what, what's been your best shot? Whether that's a hole-in-one, uh, whether that's just a memorable tee, what did that look like for you? Well, I have a couple, but the uh, first one that comes to mind is my first hole-in-one was here on number three at True Blue. Uh, it was a front right pin location, and we were playing the goal tee at the time was, I think, a, about 150 yards, and I mean the wind was blowing about 40 miles an hour, and uh, I punched it up there and could not see the bottom of the cup. I knew it spun. I knew it probably got somewhat close. The guy I was playing with was a fellow assistant at Caledonia at the time. He's like, "Oh, I'm sure that's in, man. I'm sure I, that's in." I was like, "You know, you're high. Like it's it, whatever." I was, it's, we drive up there, see one ball on the green, go up. Sure enough, it was in the cup and. That was my first one, and I've had a long time in the business before that happened, probably about 15 years. There was a lot of golf in that time, and it it was a mental thing at some point. On every par three, I would step up, I would think about it. And you never hit a good shot when that happens. Yeah. And trust me, I didn't. I usually had terrible shots. And it was kind of a running joke, and I used to get mad, and people would come in, and be like, oh, I made a hole-in-one from 110 yards with like a – a five wood, and I was just, yeah, <laughs> so furious, and uh, finally did it. So it was uh, nice to get that monkey off my back. That's a that's a great story. Do you know how you said how far it was when you were playing? It was about I think it was 155 yards. Okay, it was uh, it was on the front today, number three, yeah. and after putting a very bad swing on one and then hitting a second shot, um, not from the drop zone, uh, put it just over the lip of the uh, I guess of the bunker the front area bunker. and. Yep. It was right on the fringe. Second ball got it par, so I was I was pleased with that. But yeah, that was always my fear, especially in holes like that, is that my first hole in one would actually be a hole in three. Hole in three. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would just infuriate me. But you know, knock on wood. Yeah. Well, we uh, we do this thing called a quick nine, so we'll ask you some random questions, and you might have already answered this one earlier. What is the favorite golf course that you've ever played? Oh, that yeah, that's pretty easy. Augusta National is definitely number one. Do you have a close second? Uh, True Blue and Caledonia are right oh, there. There you go. They're, Good they're, answer. They're two A and B. Yeah. All right. Well, you might have. Uh, you, you. We talked about this earlier. Well, who's the most famous person that you've ever played? Or sorry, who's the most famous person that's ever played at this course? Here. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking back through the history of True Blue, it's probably Tom Brady. Nice. We've, got, you know, there, we've had a lot. We've had several athletes. Yeah. And uh, coaches. Uh, Clark Kellogg was here last week. So a, we, we get a lot of that, and it's, it's really cool to see. Um, but I would say, yeah, over because we used to have an event that Charlie Weiss hosted, okay. Hannah and Friends. So a lot of people would come. I mean, we've had the real Rudy was here, Joe Theismann, Lou Holtz, um, Tim Brown. Uh, when he was with the Patriots, Tom Brady played. So I, as much as I hate to admit it, as I am clear, <laughs> yeah. I'm an Eagles fan and not a Tom Brady fan. He is probably the most famous person that's played here. That's great. What uh, I know they're all your your favorites. What what is a 
pick your favorite at each of the courses, True Blue and Caledonia? Yeah, my favorite hole at Caledonia is probably number eight. It's a par five. You see off it over some cross bunkers, uh, reachable par five with the pond kind of in front of the green with the old oaks hanging over the tree. This is a fun risk reward. Um, I enjoyed the tee shot. It's an amazing hole. It's a fun hole. Just uh, yeah, you can make a three or you can make a nine. Yeah. It's kind of a fun hole to play. Yeah, a lot um, like that. Besides Tom Brady, who would be in your dream foursome? That actually is a tough one. Tom Brady is definitely not making the cut on that. <laughs> um, I didn't grow up playing golf, but we go, you know, Arnold Palmer, Tiger Woods, and my man, El Toria Renwick at True Blue, the head professional over here. Very nice. Very nice. A little love for the local guy. Absolutely. Yep. Is there a rule in golf that you would change? Uh, I'm playing out of divots. Okay. That should be a popular one because it's absolutely ridiculous. You yeah. hit it in the fairway. Hit a perfect and you're shot. you're a divot. Yeah. And you have to play it from that nonsense, sandy or otherwise. They should get to move the ball. Most people are probably cleaning Oh, trust me, I'm rolling it out of there. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can't do it in the real end of the tournament. So, what is your favorite club in your bag? <laughs> At this you point, I don't have one. Yeah, I, I hate them equally. Um, my putter is the most consistent, which is consistently not good. All right. So, yeah, I'm the king of two putts. I'm really three putt, but I don't make anything. A king of two so. putts is a much better title than king of three putts. Yeah. So. Right. Um, all right, we asked this question. Jonathan played at a course in Cabo, had taco stands every few holes. He noticed they weren't here. <laughs> yeah, but what is your, what's your favorite snack on a golf course? You know, we actually, at our halfway house, the Shank Shack here at True Blue, we uh, serve pizza from, and we actually bring it down from South Jersey. Okay. And that's kind of like Bruni's is a, a family pizzeria back up in South Jersey. And uh, they kind of came up with something where we can have a frozen pizza. It still has that South Jersey taste. Yeah. And it, literally, when I eat it, it reminds me of being a kid walking on the boardwalk. It's uh, it's really good. It's something different, kind of like tacos. That's we don't right. have tacos here, but we have some pizza. That's and right. we have really great hot dogs. But yeah. yeah and then over at Caledonia, you got the uh, you got the chowder. Uh, the chowder. chowder. Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. kind of a one of a kind yeah. experience for everybody. And it's it's actually really really good. And uh, couldn't give you the recipe if I did. I'd yeah. have to kill you. Yep. That kind of situation. They offered it yesterday, and I'm like, it's 90 degrees outside. I'm not going to have some chowder right now. Yeah, we, we basically do it in the fall and the spring yeah. because nobody wants hot chowder yeah. when it's 100 <laughs> outside. Yeah. But it really is awesome. It's cool. The uh, the chowder shack is actually an original building from the property, so it's been there as long as the owners have owned it since the early 70s. So it's it's kind of a cool use of the, the property and something everybody remembers. Yeah. Well, we're always fans of golf logos. So, do you have a favorite golf logo that sits out there for you? Yeah, oddly enough, is obviously I love True Blue and Caledonia's logo. Mm -hmm. Show it off there. Yeah, there. but um, my favorite is Philly Cricket Club. Okay, it's uh, totally different. And you have to check that out and flash it up there. But it's right. yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it. it's a good one. A buddy of mine works up there as well as a teaching professional, but it's pretty cool. All right. Well, final question of the quick nine: If you could play, if you could only play one hole. Uh, again, for the rest of your life, what hole would that be? <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Uh, probably the fourth hole here at True Blue. It's kind of a horseshoe par five, just so I could basically make a bunch of twos, threes, and tens. Yes. <laughs> it would never be the same. A good friend of yeah. ours uh, says that's his nemesis hole. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I have messed that hole up in about 50 different possible ways, and each time it happens, you kind of laugh. I'm just like... I, 
never thought I'd do this. Yeah. You know, I've played it from the first hole. I've played it from the water, from the condos. I've, I've been everywhere, but you know, had some success on that hole as well. Yeah. At least you got some some uh, creativity and things like that for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, straight par three. Yeah, just you know, a little par three where you're going to make a bunch of threes. And, so yeah, that one, the, the scores will run the gamut for yeah. sure. Yep. Well, Bart, uh, we appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you on the Whole Story podcast. The opportunity to come out and play these beautiful Absolutely. courses. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Yeah. Did see a guy a second ago in the reflection here put one in the water on 18. So I'm, I'm pretty confident he's not alone Won't today. be the first or last <laughs> today, but uh, we appreciate everybody joining us. We're excited to be, we'll show up, uh, throw up some drone shots, some pictures, videos of these great places, Caledonia and True Blue here in Pauly's Island. But you've been listening to the Whole Story Podcast.